Women Taking the Lead, Episode 19. And I thought, well, if you don't do something now, you're going to die. It's obvious. It's that moment of realization where your heart is almost like comes face to face with you and says, enough is enough. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Gabriella Guglielminati Travel, who was born in Italy and studied foreign languages at the University of Turin, her home city. She is a qualified master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, or NLP, and has traveled around Europe, Asia, Africa, America, and Antarctica. In 2012, she published a book, Antarctic Odyssey, A New Beginning, about her adventures there. She is an author, speaker, visionary, and feminine cycle consultant who helps women to gain confidence, authority, and fulfillment in life by knowing better their body. Gabriella, that's just a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Hi, Jody. Uh, thank you for having me today. Um, my humble beginning, uh, yes, definitely. So I was born in, in Italy and um, in Turin, uh, which is a, no- a city in the northwest of, uh, of Italy. And um, I just uh, walked through my life so far, uh, just following my, would say, spirit, intuition, inner voice, or what you prefer to call it. <laughs> So that's the way I, um, so far I walk my path. Um, I studied languages because I felt um, that I, I felt drawn to being able to communicate with more people. And if I only spoke my language, which is Italian, as you can imagine, is only spoken in Italy. <laughs> so I would have uh, not been able to communicate with many. So... Uh, languages seems the right thing for me, and also I was always uh, since an early age up, appealed uh, to travel because uh, uh, traveling expands your horizons and broaden your mind and coming across different cultures, and I was all up for that. Um, and I tried so far to travel as much as I could. But sometimes it's also good to stop and and just uh, have some downtime and digest it all. Wow. So between your intro and what you're telling me right now, you you've definitely had a lot of success in your life. And given how much you were going to end up traveling, I think studying foreign languages definitely worked out for you. (laughs) (laughs) So you've definitely gained some confidence, you know, that anyone who does that much travel that what that tells me is they do have some level of confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, just uh, uh, for people to understand, I, I was born in Italy. I lived there for the best part of my 30, first 30 years, uh, three zero. Then, uh, because of my traveling, I uh, met a, a British 
guy and uh, who happened to live in London. So I moved uh, to UK, to London, um, because I wanted to understand a bit more well, what was this strange relationship. And of course, I felt a, a big pull. And I thought, okay, let's go and check it out. So I abandoned, let's so to speak, my country, life I had there. And I moved to London. This was in 1998. And uh, um, even if I... You know, I, I wanted to be an interpreter there, but I really wanted to pay for my living, and I was really practical and concerned about that. So I ended up uh, being working in the tourism industry as I done before in Italy. But uh, back then, I was a, a tour leader. I was a rep, so uh, I was more in the fields. And when in London, I tried to go in the office side of things, and. Uh, I, 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 tr- I worked uh, in the different companies for a few years, but, you know, you said humble beginnings and just playing sh- small. You know when you you don't realize that, that you are playing small, and just do it. And then there's always some kind of wake-up call. And for me, the wake-up call was that I started feeling... Um, Anguished, uh, unsettled. I could feel almost like my soul was was calling me, you know. And um, I wasn't feeling satisfied, and I knew there was something there that I had to change because I was. I felt like a dead end. Also, the other thing that was happening at the same time, I was in this relationship that became later on a marriage, but it wasn't uh, really conducive to the blossoming of me as a person and of my sole purpose or whatever it might have been. And so, again, I had the two major areas of your life that affect anybody, really, the working life and the intimate or personal emotional life. They weren't working. And uh, you can play small for so long. (laughs) Something is going to happen to wake you up. And uh, it, it did for me big time, actually. I was uh, made redundant at work, and that's uh, kind of sorted it out. But it felt in the first moment like a relief, but at the same time, I didn't know what to do. So I felt really lost, and um, not having an income as well didn't help. Plus, <laughs> on the intimate uh, side of things, so my marriage was really dying and was possibly already dead. I hadn't realized it yet. And so that was, again, another super wake-up call. And I became, I reached a point when I became suicidal and think that I would have never, ever, ever imagined in my life, in, in not even in my wildest dream, that that could happen to me. And um, it was only much, much later when, you know, when with hindsight, look back and you can see why that happened. But in the moment, you're just lost. You know, you just feel like kind of, uh, you're feeling like gasping for air, but you can't breathe enough. It's almost like under you're drowning. And so there's something that you have to do uh, to be able to reverse the process. For me, that I remember one night I, I, that I had that feeling of, oh my God, God, I'm going to die here. And that was the, for me, that was possibly the biggest wake up call because I, I thought, no, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't do this now because 
I can't die now. I have, haven't done what I'm supposed to do here. And of course, in the moment, in that pain and then feeling lost, you don't think in those terms. But what is basically happening is your soul coming and knocking at your door, or you can call it your heart knocking at your door, because you can't go on forever not being aware of who you are. And this is valid for anybody. I'm sure that I'm not the only one who went through an experience like that. Wow. There was a lot in what you said. And what jumped out at me when you were talking about your playing small moment is, you know, and I can see it in myself. I can see it in other people that, you know, just having the thought of waiting for things to get better. In essence, waiting for things to get better is playing small. If you're not taking action, if you're not doing something about it, you're actually giving your power away to something or somebody else waiting for it to change. In my case, it took me a while because I'm a very patient person. And it took me a while to realize that I was in an abusive relationship, but it was so well disguised that I I, I, I didn't realize it. And it got so bad that, again, it was like that night that I felt suicidal and I had a, a panic attack. It, it happened the same thing same with my marriage. I reached a point where I look at myself and I thought, well, if you don't do something now, you're going to die. It's obvious. It's that moment of realization where your heart is almost like comes face to face with you and says, enough is enough. And I remember I was scared of everything because I, I being married and I work, it meant no income. I didn't even know how to, you know, plan on that sort of on side of things. But also I was in a foreign country that, uh, um, okay, I spoke perfectly English, but that doesn't mean in a moment like that you just feel you want to be close to somebody who is close to you, maybe family or whatever. And I was, I didn't have any of that. So I really felt alone. But And the whole legal process in itself, um, never been in a situation like that before. So obviously it was very scary. And that moment is that moment of commitment to yourself. It's that moment of decision where you just become so clear and you say to yourself, even if this might be my last thing I do in my life, I won't allow this to happen. I have to. And for me, it was realizing how great I've been so far and how almost by ignoring myself, and I know for women it can be something very easy to happen, for different reasons, but it happens. We lose ourselves, we lose our identity. And uh, unless you realize, but I am chosen this road and I can stop, turn back and go the other way and go back up. But I remember I was in a kitchen, uh, in a, it was in the afternoon and I was feeling just lost and with bills from the solicitors coming in I was out of work I didn't know what to do but I remember I I just stopped uh, and I realized I have done nothing wrong I have all the rights in the world to be a happy uh, and wonderful woman as I am and 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 it's just doing that 
it changes everything around you. Obviously, it's not that from that moment on everything became monkey-dory and easy. Absolutely not. But I'm saying this simply because sometimes it's just the fact, the realization, every any change comes from within. So the moment you become clear within yourself is going to provoke a ripple effect. It might take time, but it will happen. So, uh, and then a few years later, I ended up in Antarctica. <laughs> And Gabriella, before we go there, because that's a three year jump. What I'm curious about is, you know, you you had this experience where your marriage was coming to an end. Um, You you were feeling like, you know, you were probably going to die because you just were so unhappy. I mean, I, I probably couldn't even describe the emotions that you were going through, but you had a realization that you did deserve more. You deserve to be happy. Um, and even though there were going to be challenges up ahead, you had that insight that you could get through it and you were going to be happy and you were going to work towards it. But what did you do to start putting that into action? Well, I kept doing what I was doing, like kind of following, you know, the things that the everyday thing that you have to do. And of course, in my case was uh, pushing through the legal process, looking uh, for work, you know, feeling if I was feeling low, I would rebuild myself, coach myself, basically, you know, for another person in a different situation could be different things. We, you know, it's the thing is, Whenever is bringing yourself to your self and to what if if it feels that is going to build you back up, and you can uh, some people might find it uh, find useful to do sports, you know. Uh, some people might find it useful meditate. Uh, some people might find useful learning new things. It, it, it's all very personal. For me, it was that moment of no return where I thought I have to stand in my power because by standing in my power, just the fact of my realization of of myself, of standing in my power and see myself as a, a creator of something rather than a victim, that's what it changes everything. And what I took from what you said is that, yes, it's very personal you know, what to do to come back to yourself. But what I took from what you said was, you know, having an awareness of yourself, um, be aware of what brings you back. What And usually those things are things that feel good, be it um, physical activity, meditation, cooking, um, whatever activity makes you feel like you're coming back to yourself is incredibly important. And the more you do those types of activities, the more positive outlook you'll have so that even if you're in challenging circumstances, you, you your inner world, your positive outlook does not change and you're better able to tackle what's coming at you. Yeah, and, and situation will really, things come out of, as they say, the woodwork, right? And you see, think, uh, oh, that's handy. Yeah, but that happened because you created it somehow. The very difficult thing to do is to the shift from victim into create being a creator or being a victor, you know, from being Mm -hmm. passive 
or at cause. In, in neurolinguistic terms, it would be said being at cause. You feel you are in charge and in power. Changing from thinking life is happening to me to thinking life is happening for me. At the end of the day, I choose my experiences. And because I chose those, what I chose so far, it was saying thanks to me so far. Now I'm becoming more aware of myself. I realize maybe I want different things. Fine. So there will be some time to readjust things in the outer world because my inner world is shifting. So what happened to me, I shifted from feeling uh, at survival mode because I wanted to be a good wife, a good employee, a good everything. And so many of us being in a woman situation, you know, we are conditioned to be that. But not necessarily being a good girl makes us happy because generally being a good girl doesn't help us to find out who we are. For me, it was going through that very painful situation of being a, a not having a career any longer and not having losing my uh, family and social background because my marriage finished. It was hard. It was happening all together at the same time. And I felt lost. I never really felt alone in my life. In those moments where everything falls apart in your life, you need like kind of everyone, one, you know, your mom, your sister, your cousin, somebody who has been knowing you forever, just to come and, I don't know, just pet, give you a pat on your shoulder and say, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's a human. Uh, I had to do that to myself and go through it alone. And... Uh, and now I can see with hindsight that really built even more the person I was, but I forgot I was. So it really helped little by little. Gabriella, how would you describe your leadership style? By example, a real leader is a person who actually uh, has found oneself, either man or woman, and, and just feels this connection with oneself or you can call it with your own heart, or you can call it your own soul, it doesn't matter. And just this gives you so much joy that just being present, you know, if it, 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 it vibrates an energy that automatically changes the your energy field. And that's for me is the way to lead. Is bringing yourself in a space where you're pure, pure, you are pure joy, where you feel your connection, your inner connection, that there are not many people out there in that state. But I can tell you, I definitely experienced several times, when you are around somebody in that state, you feel it. You, you, you feel it. And, and that's, I think, is the best way to lead. Uh, you know, having uh, being centered, feeling this calm inside, I'm feeling this joy that kind of overflows. <laughs> you know, if you're really appreciative of who you are, uh, in a humble way, it, first of all, it makes, it makes you humble because you realize that your pure creativity, you can do whatever. 
And what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I'm realizing this. I'm realizing that we are living in a particular time and there are people that, let's say, are more awake than others or more sensitive to change things than others, whereas possibly there are many that are still trying to tread the old way, the old path, etc. And uh, I am realizing that we have to dream a new world. And to be able to do this, we have to do it collectively. And it's not just the individual, could be me, you, or whoever. It's all of us together. And what I am realizing is um, I can feel, I can see there are more, especially in women a lot, uh, there there is this tendency now to connect more. And um, I started you know, running a women's circle last year in my home because I, f- I heard the inner voice, you know, or this, I felt called to do this. And um, I think it's a global thing. And uh, my specific project at the moment, I call it the Freedom Project. And it's basically allowing myself to put myself in a space where I... I take all the stresses out or as much as I can. And really, whenever I find myself starting veering towards negativity or not feeling thankful or don't, not feeling pure joy, as I was saying, you know, go bring myself back to center and try to do it on a regular basis every moment more and more and see what happens because... We can only lead from the inside, and um, it's very difficult to always being in the center. We all know this. (laughs) So I'm really doing my best to apply myself to be my center and allow the unknown to reveal to me what is that I'm supposed to do next. I really want to underscore what you said, because a lot of times we're so focused on doing, but we'll all go through phases, men and women alike, where we need to take a time out, take a step back, reflect on what we've done, kind of go inward a little bit. And it's like plotting your course. Like sometimes we need to pivot a little bit. But in order to do that, just like if you were walking in the woods and you had a compass, you need to stop moving. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And get your bearings, yes, to figure out exactly where you are right now so that you know in which direction you need to move forward with. But you're exactly right. We're, we, we, we tend to judge it that we shouldn't be, quote unquote, sitting still. We, you know, it, we, we, it's very difficult to take that time to reflect. Um, so I just wanted to put an underline through that. But now I'm going to transition us to a quick leadership roundup. So Gabriella, tell us in a, a few words, what is one practice that makes you a better leader? To veer towards a more positive, you know, joyful way of living. And to be able to do that, you know, it's difficult for everybody. It's sometimes we, you know, life happens and just just a fact. And the only thing that I so far, I, I honestly, I can say works 
is really to become the best investigator you can be of yourself. And when you realize that you are off-center and you are uh, going down the trodden path of the usual thoughts, etc., just stop. Just stop and, and think, hang on, I'm losing myself again in my mind or in my emotions. It could be anything. It doesn't matter. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I feel a bit biased, but I mean, the book I re- I wrote, uh, Antarctica, this in your beginning, is basically the story of how I ended up in Antarctica. But uh, it's, the excuse is to tell my story of what happened down, down there and all the rest of it. That I put, uh, I squeeze my soul essence in it. And I really make it as practical as possible. So in it, I kind of use what uh, the episodes of what happened during my trip. Uh, and to summarize it in a very simple lesson. And um, at the end of it, I uh, make a list of all these lessons. Knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I think uh, I would uh, be much more mindful of myself as a as a woman, and um, I would definitely listen even more to my inner voice. And share with us a success quote or a mantra, and why it has meaning for you. I'm happy and free. I am me. So whenever I feel lost, I say that to myself, I'm happy and free. I am me. And automatically that brings me back to that center where I have to look for my inner joy because the only thing that really is worthwhile to experience. I love that. And lastly, what is the best way for the people listening to connect with you? Uh, my website is flyinginspiration.com. Flying um, being, I spell it, F-L-Y-I-N-G, and inspiration in one word, flyinginspiration.com. Um, the, they can find uh, videos. They can find my book. They can find um, uh, the way to contact me. They can find more information about my work with women and with couples. So it's one stop. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Gabriella, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jordi. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. 
Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.